Welcome to I Love Palm Beach. We talk about everything Palm Beach County, Florida has to offer and why you should make it your home. We are a team of real estate professionals who love where we live, and we want to show you why you will love Palm Beach too. You'll learn about our hobbies and our lifestyle stories for fun and amazing things to do. Follow in our search for stories to find the best of. Whether it's a specific food or service, Palm Beach has it all and does it bigger and better. Or follow our local hero stories to discover the amazing people who call Palm Beach home. And now, here's your host, Rebecca Giacoba. Good morning, everybody. This is Rebecca Giacoba. We have a great meeting planned this morning. We're going to be doing a podcast with Michael Eddy of Capital Partners Mortgage, but he's going to discuss the mortgage market just a tiny, tiny bit. But then we're going to talk about Florida gardening and planting, which is really exciting because everything grows beautifully in Florida. So if you're thinking of relocating or just wanting to make your first garden, He's going to give us some good ideas about what to do. But because of the crazy times right now, there's a few things going on in the mortgage market. And I just wanted to touch on those. Michael is a senior loan officer and he has a lot of experience. So what's going on in the mortgage market right now? Thank you for the introduction, Rebecca. So there are a lot of things going on in the mortgage market right now. And it's the old phrase is, uh, we live in interesting times. And that is very true for the mortgage market. So basically what is happening is the Fed cut their rates and everyone kind of expected that to make mortgage rates go down. But because the stock market went down, that means that the mortgage-backed securities went up, which meant that our rates actually went up. And then that caused a lot of volatility. Now, the Fed has started to buy up those mortgage-backed securities, which means that Now rates are starting to level off and even go back down a little bit. So we're kind of where we were about a month and a half ago, with one kind of large exception. Basically, the Fed has been buying up those mortgage-backed securities, but has only been buying up the ones for conventional loans, your your normal 30-year fixed loans, which means that the market has nowhere to sell the kind of abnormal loans that are out there. And so we've seen a lot of companies across the entire nation basically stop lending on those. And to make up for that, Fannie and Freddie, who make those conventional conforming loans that 90% of the people out there use, have loosened up a lot of their restrictions to make it easier for people to continue buying houses. That includes stuff like making it so that possible to do a drive-by appraisal. So you don't even have to have an appraiser in your house when you're selling it, which is fantastic news for people who are listing houses, making verification of employments much easier, you know, that kind of thing. So basically, they're, they're trying to make it so that the mortgage industry can continue rolling forward because it's such a large industry. It's kind of necessary to our economy. So yeah, that's kind of a, a summary of what's going on is essentially that Everything does look good, and it, it will continue to get better. We just had a couple of couple of very rough weeks. <laughs> yeah, as I've been telling everybody here in Florida, we are open for business. It's a little different than it was a few weeks ago, but 
we closed three deals in the last week and we've got more pending. So mm-hmm. things are just going to be a little different. And I'm going to just recommend everybody, please speak to a mortgage professional that's actually in the state where you're getting the loan. I don't care if you've been banking with your favorite bank for a long time. I think it's a better idea to talk to a local lender or a local loan officer. Don't you agree? I totally agree. I've had several deals that have come to me because the loan officer up in New York didn't understand that single family homes on the water are different in Florida. So there's there's absolutely very good reason to speak with a local lender, even if it's just to get a second opinion. Yeah. Second opinions are always free here. Well, absolutely. Well, I'm excited. We're going to still continue doing business, get through these rough times. So let's talk about all the fun we can have with Florida Garden. I've been here about 10 years and I've dabbled and I don't know what I'm doing. So how did you (laughs) Florida? How did you learn about gardening? So I came to Florida from Arizona. I was originally from Alaska, actually. And so I've kind of been all, (laughs) thank you. Yeah, it's uh, it's been an interesting time. That is a crazy journey. (laughs) I originally grew up in Alaska, and then I joined the Navy and went to South Carolina and then Washington State. And then after I got out of the Navy, I got a job in Arizona where I met my wife. And we'll have to do another podcast on Alaska because I've got some fun stories to share there. I would um, love to go to Alaska (laughs) on my bucket list. It's a beautiful, beautiful state for sure. So, you know, it's kind of one of those things I've, I've seen gardening in Alaska, which is completely different from Arizona, which is completely different from Florida. And uh, Florida is is really, really great because you can, as long as you water during the times that we're, you don't get a lot of rain, like right now, we haven't gotten the rain in a couple of weeks. As long as you water during those times, you can grow basically anything. I'm currently growing an entire row of herbs just right outside my my front door that are everything from, I've got a green tea plant, tons of mint, ginger, strawberries, which it's not an herb, but partially oregano, like all these different things. And then uh, we have bananas and pineapples growing out here too. So it's really fun and really interesting. And even in an apartment, you can still grow a lot of things. Well, it's funny you say that. I cut a a pineapple open yesterday and I stuck it in the ground. So I was hoping to get some Mm -hmm. spice. And how to make a pineapple plant. I have grown them before, but I never seem to get a harvest. I always say the day we harvest the pineapple will be a big celebration. But I'm back trying again. So I just stuck it in dirt. Anything I should know? So the biggest thing with pineapple is to make sure that the soil is very sandy. So you have three parts to any soil. You've got the sand, you've got the loam, and you've got the clay. And I'm sure that a botanist could come on here and tell you that I'm probably not entirely correct. That's just what I've been told is those three parts. The clay is something that it doesn't really affect us too, too much. But stuff that is tropical, you're going to want to make sure that you've got a lot of sand and a lot of drainage available in the soil. So if you put it into a pot, make sure that your pot has at least a third to a half of it is either sand or some sort of like perlite or vermiculite or something light that is going to allow the water to drain out. Pineapples in particular, they can get root rot very easily. So they want to have water, but they also want to be able to drain very well. So make sure that you have lots of sand in there. Okay. Well, I think I might've done it right this time. I just <laughs> in some sandy soil, kind of presuming what you were thinking that 
It is a tropical plant. It probably likes the sand. So we'll see what happens. I'll have to keep people posted. But what I'd learned about Florida gardening before talking to you is that you need a raised garden. And now I'm Mm -hmm. thinking that maybe because if you're trying to grow a non-tropical plant, the soil isn't so good. Pretty much as my experience has told me, I'd say you're right. The sand here is fantastic for anything tropical. Pineapples can go straight in the soil here. Clusia is, is really, really hardy. Bananas can go straight in the sand here. It's awesome. But the closer you are to the beach, the more sand and the less actual loamy soil you have. And therefore, that root structure that, just for, for an example, a rosemary plant grows is not going to be very good for a sandy substrate. And on top of that, you're also going to not get nearly as much as many nutrients as you need uh, just from the sand itself. Okay, that makes sense to me. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. So let's talk about the plants that you would probably be popular. If somebody was going to start a home garden, what would be mm-hmm. the few plants you would suggest and how do you think people should grow them? Sure. So the first plant I always suggest people start with is mint, especially down here. Mint grows like a weed. It is very, very easy to upkeep. It's very hardy. And you can plant it, if you plant it in a, a mix, you know, something like one-third sand, one-third fertilizer, compost, you know, that kind of thing, and one-third soil, then it will grow and be very, very lush. And if you grow, you put it into just sand like we have here into the ground, it'll still grow and be fine. It's one that I have in pots because if I don't have it in the pot, it will take over my garden. So I recommend that one wholeheartedly. Another one that's really, really fun and really interesting is ginger. Uh, Ginger is one that you can buy an organic, you know, ginger root from the store cut it into a couple of pieces, stick it in the dirt and water it, and it'll start growing. Wow, that's that amazing. I, I guess <laughs> I should have thought of that looking at a piece of ginger. So just from your produce department, grab a piece, cut it mm-hmm. in pieces and put it in some dirt. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. And after about six months to a year, you'll start to be able to harvest it. And you literally just take a knife, cut into the soil, and then pull out the piece that you want to use. And then it'll start to go brown after a year or two. And you just need to pull up either most of it or part of it, cut it into pieces and stick them back in the ground and they'll continue to thrive. Like I said, just a very hardy plant. Okay. Keep going. Great suggestion. Awesome. So there's there's tons of flowering plants out there that are really fun. I personally really like to grow things you can eat. <laughs> I like to have a productive garden that is producing something of value. So even flowering plants like impatience, really easy to grow. Make sure that they have a little bit more drainage. You know, having more sand in there or vermiculite or perlite, something like that is good. But they'll, they'll grow really easily and they'll produce flowers that are really pretty. And if you get a lot of flowers and you want to, you can actually cut them off and add those flowers to your salad. They're healthy, oh. they're delicious, and you know, easy to, to grow. So in patience, you can actually eat. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very few people actually do. But when you go to some of the more high-end restaurants, the flower that's on top of your salad, oh. uh, a lot of the time that's an impatience. Oh, I had no idea. Well, that's amazing. I have had some luck over the years with impatience in Florida. And they actually never died. Like when I was up north, 
it was a plant that I had to keep replanting. And mm-hmm. I had them in my mother's yard one time. And they grew for like three years. <laughs> they will continue to grow for the lifespan of their plant, which is somewhere between three and eight years in my experience. Well, that's great for people to know because me from coming up north from Maryland, you know, impatience was something you planted in the spring. Enjoy. Mm-hmm. You had to do it again the next year. So it's nice to know. I was amazed that it kept growing. I didn't know what I did right, but that's good to know that it'll keep growing. That's awesome. It's one of those plants in Florida, especially. There are a few plants out there that I recommend. Uh, They really like to just be forgotten. So Impatience is one of those. Plant them, put them on a, a watering timer, and just forget about it. Or if you have it in pot, water them a couple of times a week and don't keep going back to them and fussing over them, adding fertilizer or anything like that. Just let them do their thing. Okay. So let's talk about vegetables. If we want to start growing food, like you said you like to do, what are the top mm-hmm. things you would probably start with? Sure. So my recommendation for vegetables and, and for herbs to an extent as well is to start with going to your local nursery or going to even like a Lowe's or a Home Depot, picking up some younger plants and putting them into your garden. You can absolutely start things from seed, but it makes things way more difficult and way less exciting when you're you're first starting it. So I'd recommend grabbing them from your local nursery because uh, they'll have gotten through. The initial month or two is very difficult for young plants. And so they'll, they're more likely to die. So once they get through that stage and they're at your local nursery that you can grab them, at that point, they're more hardy. I would recommend uh, starting with tomatoes and starting with peppers too. Peppers are fun, they're interesting, and they're very hardy. You can you can have a pepper plant almost completely die, and it'll then just come back and start producing more peppers. And by peppers, I mean anything from a bell pepper to a jalapeno to a Tabasco to anything else. What about different kinds of lettuce? Just get like a basic lettuce or... Sure. So romaine is really easy to upkeep. Some of the other ones can be a little bit more difficult, a little bit more finicky because they're more prone to something like like rot. But romaine is generally very easy to plant and grow and it just continues to produce. Make sure when you start to harvest it, harvest the outside leaves from all of your plants. And if that's enough lettuce, you're good. And if it's not, just continue harvesting the most outer leaves. The inside ones are the ones that'll start to push out and produce more and more lettuce. Well, that's a good question because I never did understand that. So you take from the outside and let the inside keep growing. I was mm-hmm. when at what happens. So you have to let the inside <laughs> just keep blossoming out. Okay, that makes Absolutely. sense. Absolutely. And you can go in and just you know take the entire head of lettuce off and then let it regrow. But that takes so much more time than having five heads of lettuce and just going out there and pruning them. Okay. Yeah. I think probably one of the things that I want to do as I start my garden here is I want to be able to make a salad from everything I grew in my yard. So I didn't (laughs) you because we didn't have this conversation yet, but I went and got some seeds the other day and I bought one of those stick trays where it has this small little pods. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm referring to? They're like little yeah. pods. And so yesterday I poured the water and then this morning I noticed that they fluffed up. 
So today, I guess I can plan. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to keep you posted on how I do, but I pretty got salads and I got a few flowers. I wanted to maybe make some flowers that I can cut and bring inside my house. So that's where I'm starting. Makes a lot of sense. But when I do plant them, should I put them in a raised garden? Uh, You and I talked about tomatoes. I do have a tomato plant in the ground and it's actually made a second tomato plant now. Um, One of my (laughs) tomatoes. And he picks them off and starts eating them and drops them in different places in the yard. So um, <laughs> tomato plants in different places. But but what about like the and the peppers and maybe I think I got a cucumber seed. Cucumbers need to climb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So cucumbers can either climb along the ground or they can climb up and then you just support the cucumber itself once it gets to that level. Cucumbers can be a little bit more tricky, but certainly fun, especially once you get to the point that you're producing several in, in, in a row and you just have a fantastic salad with your cucumbers. Okay. So I would highly recommend putting in, like you had mentioned, putting in a raised garden. And the reason for that is because of the soil itself and also because of weeds. So if you if you put in a raised garden, you're you know, you're cutting off access for all of those weeds at the bottom that you just covered up by raising your bed. I would recommend doing one third when you fill up your raised garden, doing one third, something like a potting soil, like a garden soil, Mm -hmm. uh, one third sand, and then one third either manure or compost. Okay. Uh, You can can pretty easily buy manure at your local nursery or, or something like Lowe's or Home Depot. I recommend just getting that and using that for a third of it. I would also recommend if you can get your hands on some brown cardboard like everyone has from Amazon boxes, cutting it up real small, or I actually have a industrial shredder that I got at some point that I run my cardboard through, and that allows me to get a lot of that brown material. And when you add worms to your garden, they'll actually use that as bedding material to produce more eggs. And so if you can add in, you know, a couple of bucketfuls of cardboard, that'll help a lot. And you can also just tear it up with your, you know, with your hands or cut it up however you want to do it easily. Just uh, make sure it's as small as you can get. Okay. So this is learning a lot. So you want to shred some, some cardboard, put your soil mixture, and then go buy some worms. Is that what you're saying? I would recommend it. And I would mix in the cardboard with the soil mixture. And that's okay. just kind of an additional thing. Not just thing. layer, mix it in. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And you can, if you have a large enough raised garden, you can do like a layer of soil, a layer of sand, a layer of newer, and then a layer of cardboard, and then just kind of mix it as much as you can and then go from there. But as the roots start to grow, and if you add in worms, they will start to mix up that soil. So you won't have to, it doesn't have to be a perfect mix because that, that can, especially with a large garden, that can get very time consuming very, very quickly. So yeah, I would, I would recommend getting some worms. You can usually going online, it's going to be the easiest. Go online to just search, search worms, the uh, worms for your garden. The worms that we need down here are called African night crawlers. They're more common cousins uh, European night crawlers are a little bit cheaper, but they also don't like our warm temperatures. So African night crawlers, as soon as it gets to below a certain temperature, they will start to stop working essentially. But we really don't get to that temperature very often. 
European nutcrawlers, on the other hand, once it goes over a certain temperature, and I think that temperature is something like in the ballpark of 70 degrees, uh, they will stop working, which means that, or 80 degrees, uh, they'll just completely stop working, which means that here in Florida, your European nightcrawlers will just not do anything for months at a time. So I recommend spending just a little bit more money, get those African nightcrawlers, maybe some red wrigglers. I mean, a pound is more than enough, but they'll they'll go straight into your garden and they will take care of themselves. They'll you know start to eat lots of stuff and reproduce and then you'll have even more worms. Wow, that is a wealth of information. How did you learn all about gardening? Were you always drawn to learning how to make a garden? And all the uh, I, you I always enjoyed it. I always enjoyed it, but it was always something that I went through a lot of trial and error. <laughs> I did a lot of research online just to find like the worm thing is all totally stolen from online information. But I've gone through and just planted things in the wrong soils and then accidentally made a different soil and then did some research and figured out, oh, well, this is how this works. If you are like me and you like to have a garden that produces stuff that you can eat, there are tons of things online that you can look up and say, you know, what are the top flowers that I can eat? And you can go through and kind of compare that to the list of these are the easiest flowers to grow and then just grow those like the impatience or marigolds are another one. I think um, I did know you could eat marigolds, but okay. that one's a more common one, but it's also more bitter. So lots of people don't actually like the taste. Okay. Impatience are kind of like a lettuce. Okay. That's, yeah. that's incredible. So I think we have so much to talk about with Florida plants. Do you mind being a regular? I'd really like to touch on maybe hydroponic growing maybe growing trees and then talk a little bit more about the salad mix. Maybe in a month, I'll give you an update on how my seedlings are growing. I'm thinking maybe start my soil now while I'm planting my seeds. You think that would be a good idea to get the worms to start working before? I I would absolutely say that would, that would make a lot of sense. Uh, Make sure to go in, you know, keep your soil moist. So add in your, your auto, uh, timed water and just have it water the soil, you know, once uh, every other day or something like that for five minutes just to keep the, okay. the worms moist. But if you can start now, this is the best time to start because then when those plants go in, they get all the nutri- nutrients they need and you'll be even more available to, to grow even more things. Well, I like to tease that we're living off the land. And I think <laughs> in these crazy times, it's important to be able to walk out in your backyard and pick some veggies and make a salad or even get an orange for your cocktail or something like that. I think it's kind Absolutely. of I do. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really enjoyed this. And um, we'll touch you something we're going to do next month. Okay. Sounds good. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon, Michael. Have a great day. All right. And where can people reach you if they need to talk to you about message? Let's take care of it. Oh, that. of course. You of course. So, um, number and email. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I'm sure you'll, you can add it to your podcast description or something like that. But my phone number is 907-830-2424. And my uh, email address is michael.eddy at capitalpartnersmtg.com. That's partners in S. And if you want to talk about gardening or mortgages, I am more than happy to talk. Okay. Thank you so much. I had a great time. I'll talk to you soon. You too. All right. Thank you, Rebecca. 
Thank you for listening to this week's show, and we hope you visit again next week. Please share with your friends, and we look forward to showing you around our amazing city soon. Visit GiaRealty.com. That's G-I-A-R-E-A-L-T-Y team.com. Or you can call us at 561-203-4661.